Hey guys, it's Simmon. This is Rustling Unlimited as it's, well, Saturday, the 2nd of September 2023. And tonight was WWE Payback. Apologize, I don't know why I yelled Saturday like that. It just came out, but tonight was WWE Payback. Now, when we look at this show and you go into it and you're like, oh, Payback, mm, looks like an okay show. Like, on paper, it looked okay. Then we go into it, and boy, do we just have a bunch of good matches. We had six matches in total. Let me double-check that. I got to pull up the Wikipedia, because Wikipedia usually has the times of each match. I don't... I'm not good at timing matches, I guess you could say. But um, we had six matches in total. And of the six... I want to say four were really, really good. Well, three for sure were really good. Austin Theory and Ray were pretty good. LA Knight and The Miz was there. And Rhea Ripley and Raquel, honestly, to me, was the weakest match of the show. And I, you know, you could take that whichever way you want, but yeah, not the best. Raquel or Rhea match we've seen and really kind of a lit down based off of what they've done in NXT. So we'll get into all of it, but longest match of the night. I always like to look at this longest match of the night was the main event at 26 minutes and five seconds. The shortest match of the night was Rey Mysterio versus Austin theory at nine minutes and 45 seconds. And yeah, Raquel and Rhea went 17 minutes and 20 seconds. And it felt like it went long. It really did. It felt almost as like it felt almost as long as the main event, but it wasn't. It was almost ten minutes shorter. So, yeah. Anyways, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember in the live chat, you can put a hype chat, which is similar to a super chat on YouTube to make sure that your question, comment, or concern does get read live on the air. Also, it does support us tremendously. Also remember, if you do want to support us on YouTube, you can become a channel member. No, you can subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. Channel members on, on YouTube, but you can subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to include. I greatly appreciate it if you did right here for Wrestling Unlimited. Um, the answer is a good question. Is when you time the matches, do you include entrances or just the fight? I be- Now, I, I like I said... I get the times from the Wikipedia. I believe those are just bell to bell. But also remember to head over to the Epic Game Store and support us over there. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something new. Buy something old. Claim the free game or get bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, and Fall Guys. Remember right now they're doing a Star Wars thing in Fortnite. You can get Darth Vader. You can get SpongeBob characters. In Fall Guys right now, you can get SpongeBob, Patrick, or Squidward. 
Remember, you can still get WWE characters in Fortnite, so use this code right here, P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D, for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. But with that, we've got a pay-per-view to talk about. For some reason, my buttons weren't working. And the show itself actually did kick off with Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. And so, going into this match, I was like, hmm, I wonder how much Trish is going to really want to do. I wonder how good this match is actually going to be in the long run. And five minutes in, I'm like, oh my God, this match is going to be good. Like, this match was really good in the first five minutes. And it just kept building and getting better and getting better and getting better. So, um, as the match was getting going, right before the match started, they showed uh, Tiffany Stratton in the crowd, which plays into what, they're did, what they did later and what they're doing going forward with Becky. Uh, the two, Trish and Becky, that is, stood across the ring from each other, and the bell rang, and it took them a little bit to lock up. But then they really got going here pretty early. Stratus tried to get out of the cage early, but Lynch caught her with a series of exploder suplexes. Eventually, Stratus hit an elbow, slowed things down, and took control. Stratus threw Lynch into the cage and posed. Stratus kicked Lynch in her back. Stratus went to escape, but Lynch stopped her. Stratus kept control with some strikes, and Stratus worked a double fish hook and on Lynch's face and grated her against the cage face first, just rubbing it, rubbing it. Lynch eventually fired up and repeatedly threw Stratus into the walls of the cage. Lynch went for the disarm her, but Stratus countered and rammed her headfirst into the cage. Stratus then bridged her body for... Really, no reason. And Lynch hit double legs and tried to take Stratus down. Corey Graves tried to cover, going, oh, some of that Matrix moves by Trish. So the two got to their feet and traded blows. Lynch and Stratus took turns ramming each other into the cage. Stratus then was draped over the top rope, and Lynch landed a leg drop from the top. Lynch was on the top turnbuckle at one point. Stratus joined her up there. Stratus climbed out of the cage, and Lynch caught her and hit her with a powerbomb. We got a, this is awesome chant at this point of the match. Lynch went for the disarm her, but Stratus countered into a widow's peak. Really cool callback to the first woman's uh, steel cage match with Victoria and Lita. Stratus then went for a bulldog, but Lynch countered into a twist of fate. Another cool callback. Stratus did pop up from it and landed a Stratus faxon for a very close near fall. Stratus stomped on Lynch, and the two fought on the ropes while trying to climb the cage. Stratus landed a bulldog from the top rope, and another very good near fall ensued. Stratus went to climb over the top of the cage, but Lynch cut her off. The two traded blows on the top of the cage. Stratus then kicked Lynch back into the ring. Lynch popped up and grabbed Stratus by the hair, and Lynch pulled her back into the ring. Eventually, Stratus was, well, kind of tried to pull her back into the ring. She pulled her onto the top of the cage. And then Trish like tried to brace herself by putting her legs in the grates or the, the metal bracing, I guess you can call it. And then all of a sudden, Trish is sitting and then hanging by her legs. I'm like, oh my God, what a spot. What just a visual of Trish hanging there. Holy crap. So Trish is hanging there. Eventually she gets up and Becky grabs her. Becky then grabs her in a delayed vertical suplex on the top rope, holds it, holds it, holds it, holds it, and then they both finally fall down. Both women hurting themselves, Lynch going for the cover slowly, and Trish kicking out. We get another This Is Awesome chant, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the first one, I get why the crowd did it. 
Cool power bomb. This one. Very, very, very earned. This is awesome chance. Lynch started to climb to the top of the cage, but Stratus went to crawl uh, out the other side, out the door. Lynch was like, oh, no, she might get out the door before I get over the cage, so uh, I'm going to go stop her. As she went to try and stop her, boom, Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark tried to pull uh, Trish out of the cage. Becky tried to pull her back in the cage. We had tug-of-war with Trish Stratus. Stark finally jumped in and uh, slammed the cage door on Lynch. Lynch came back and hit a manhandle slam on Stratus, but Stark broke up the pin. Stark took care of Lynch while Stratus climbed to the top. Lynch immediately came back, knocked Stark over, cut Stratus off, and landed a manhandle slam off the top rope to pick up the victory. So there we go. Becky Lynch does get the win in a really cool, like, match. Like, great spots, great... I can't say enough about this match because I went into it not caring. I went into it thinking, oh, it's going to be a by-the-numbers, simple cage match. But no, it was way more than that. It was way more than that. After the match, though, Becky leaves, and Zoe's trying to help Trish up, and Trish doesn't want her help. Trish kind of berates Zoe because she lost, so Zoe turns on her. It's with her Z360, takes off the Thank You Trish shirt, and leaves. So, Trish is gone, we assume. And Zoe's now on her own. Zoe is no longer a, as Seth Rollins used to call him, disciple. Also, guys, this is a pay-per-view show. I'm doing it alone, so that means we're taking your calls later. Remember, at the end of the show, I will be taking your calls. The number is in the live chat. It's 510-906-1341. Remember, at the end of the show, I will be taking your calls 510-906-1341. So as we move forward, out comes, as they keep calling him, the greatest of all time, John Cena. Now I would say he's one of the greatest of all time. I don't know if I can say he's the greatest. I still feel like Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels are better with Rick being just... Ooh, sorry about that. With Rick being just a slid smidge better than Sean. But if we're we're looking, could you say Cena's the third greatest of all time? Or could you maybe put Austin ahead of him? Would you put Hogan ahead of him? Now, Hogan, just for his contributions in wrestling, you can't, all the bad stuff he's done outside of wrestling, you can't factor that in. We're just talking... You know, matches, impact on the business, mic skills, and so forth. I would for sure say Cena's a top five for everything that he was able to accomplish and do for the business. Top five for sure, but I don't know if I can put him, I know I can't put him ahead of Sean or Rick, in my opinion. This is just my opinion. I don't know if I can put him ahead of Austin. And maybe Hogan. But I don't even know that. Because Hogan helped get wrestling into the mainstream. Maybe Hogan's even ahead of Austin. To be honest. But you also have to think. Just about all of Cena's career. WWE had no competition. So many say Vince Vince was lazy. Vince did lazy booking through most of Cena's career. Because... They had no competition. They had no one to compete with. They were just on an island all on their own with the closest second being Impact. And Impact was like mm, 
500,000 times below what WWE was, if I'm going to be completely honest. I mean, they were a show that ran out of Universal Studios and had to have people run in the park trying to pull people in just to watch their show. So, so the tapings didn't look empty. Uh, Magmalore says Rock. I don't know if I can put Rock because his career was so short. Like, the Rock's career, when you think about it, was really, in a nutshell, 96, 97 to... 2001 some can say th- 2003 but I even say at 2001 is really when he's, he started to leave and slow everything down so I don't even know if I could put the rock in top five top 10 maybe even number six but because the rocks longevity wasn't really there you know Hogan wrestled for 30 years Rick was around for 40 years or whatever Sean around 30 more 30 plus years Austin, when you count not just his WWE run, but his WCW run and stuff there, 20-something years. So, man, I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one that maybe we should discuss one day. Maybe we should get like a, a round table of people to discuss this one day. That'd be really cool. But speaking of John Cena, he came out as the host of Payback and really didn't do much as the host, if I'm going to be completely honest. Cena welcomed everybody to Payback, which he should have done at the start of the show, so he should have came out before Becky and Trish, but I get why he didn't. I get why he didn't. They wanted a banger to open the show. Anyways, Cena said that the first match was awesome. Cena said that he's been a lot of things in his career, but he's never been a host. Cena said his job as a host is to make the night special. Cena then announces being special, I want to be a special guest referee for LA Knight versus The Miz. The Miz's music hit, and The Miz comes out to the ring. Uh, Michael Cole also lets us know this will not be the first time that John Cena is a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Special guest referee, because he was a special guest referee. I think he said it was 2010 or 2011, Randy Orton versus Wade Barrett for the WWE Championship, I think is what it was. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Miz came out and said he didn't expect Cena to pander to this audience. Cena asked how he could do better. Miz said that Cena should put himself, shouldn't put himself as a special guest referee for Miz's match. Cena uh, asked for more advice, and Miz told Cena that Cena should have turned it down being a mermaid in the Barbie movie. Cena was like, oh, yeah? Give me more advice. Miz said that he has to be more involved around here. Miz referenced how he was in two matches at WrestleMania when he hosted it. Miz called Cena out for dressing like a Teletubby and I found that a little funny, but it would have been better if it was a Bluey reference because he was, those colors, it's Bluey and Bingo. Those new Cena colors, it's Bluey and Bingo. Like, it's Bluey and Bingo. Cena then grabbed a referee shirt, reiterated that he's going to be the referee, and out came L.A. Knight. Huge reaction from the crowd, and the match did begin. I mean, the match itself went 15 minutes, 45 seconds or so. Way longer than it had any right to go. So Miz rolled to the outside early on as the bell rang. And the, even the announcers were worried, or not worried, but con- like confused. Hey, they're fighting on the outside, but has this match started? And Graves goes, yes, Cole. I saw referee John Cena call for the bell right before they went to the outside. I just like how he called him, referee John Cena. 
Uh, Miz walked up the ramp, and Knight chased after him. The two fought back into the ring, and Miz nearly had everything won before Knight worked his way back. The two went to the top rope, and Miz dropped Knight from the top rope. Miz then put the boots to Knight, and Miz threw Knight into the ropes. But Knight caught Miz with the power slam, and the two traded finisher attempts as Miz rolled to the outside again. Knight then slammed Miz onto the top of the commentary table multiple times with help from a bunch of yeahs every time he did it. It's like, slam, yeah, slam, yeah, slam, yeah. Miz eventually tripped Knight onto the top of the commentary table. Miz worked overnight on the outside guardrail. Miz then ran at Knight, but Knight back body dropped Miz over the guardrail. Knight then hit a clothesline and posed. The two made their way back into the ring, and Miz tried to put the boots to Knight, but Cena pulled Miz off Knight. Knight then got the upper hand before long, and Cena pulled Knight off Miz. Cena over here playing the biased, unbiased referee, I mean. Miz then took advantage of that and eventually grabbed a chin lock. Knight punched his way out of it, but Miz ultimately kept control by uh, sweeping Knight off his feet to the outside. Back in the ring, Miz landed a series of kicks. Miz went for a kick, and Knight countered into a high back suplex. They got to their feet, and Knight kept control with the bulldog from the second rope. Knight then stomped a mud hole in the Miz, but Miz fired up and hit a series of DDTs for a two. Miz ran at Knight at one point, but Knight moved and landed a swinging neckbreaker for a two. Miz came back and rolled Knight up, but held onto the ropes for leverage as Cena kicked his hand off the rope. Ref, you ain't, you ain't Aubrey Edwards. Don't get involved, because I hate when she does it too. Goddamn Cena. Miz and Cena then had some words. Knight came at him, but Miz moved and hit a skull-crushing finale, but Miz only got a two off of it. Miz did the you-can't-see-me thing, or like... Like, like he's about to do it and got to do it and then Elliot Knight drops him with a slam and then lands an elbow a BFT and picks up the victory so there we go Elliot Knight does defeat um, the Miz afterwards Elliot Knight and John Cena walk to the top of the ramp and Cena extends a handshake, handshake. Elliot Knight at first doesn't want to take it John's like hey respect I respect you give me that respect back Knight then does the handshake, raises up the arm Cena does of L.A. Knight, and I think it was Corey Graves is like, wow, what a rub, or something like that. Uh, James, no, I have not watched the Angle documentary on Peacock yet. I plan on watching it either tonight or in the morning before I watch the NASCAR race tomorrow. Probably watch it tonight, though. As we move forward, we had a nine-and-a-half, a little over nine-and-a-half-minute match. Actually, it went uh, 9 minutes and 45 seconds. It was the U.S. title, Rey Mysterio versus Austin Theory. So Theory attacked Mysterio to start the match, and apparently the match was sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Second time, Rey's had a Cinnamon Toast Crunch-sponsored match. Also, also, Michael Cole goes, uh, I've been informed that Austin Theory's U.S. title reign is the longest in the last 10 years. Thank you to our social media team, so-and-so, and Greg Miller for those stats. And Corey Graves has the nerve to say, Oh, I never really liked that game, Greg, game over Greg guy or something like that. And I go, wait, no, not the same Greg Miller. Because if you don't know, there's Greg Miller from Kind of Funny that works for WWE. And then there's Greg Miller, who is a writer for WWE.com. Two different guys. Not even the same guy. So, Michael Cole 
was referencing Greg Miller, who writes for WWE.com, part of the digital team. But Graves thought he was talking about Greg Miller from Kind of Funny Game Over Greggy. I thought that was so funny. And then he's like, oh, I never liked that Game Over Greg guy or something like that. But yeah. And Greg Miller did see it because he was watching Payback Live, posted a video of it, and was like, Corey Graves, what the f-? And then he cuts the camera. So yeah, very, very funny. Anyways, uh, Theory landed some hard clotheslines early on and then a series of fisherman suplexes. Theory hit a swinging headlock, headlock slam for a two. Theory worked a chin lock and threw Mysterio into the turnbuckle sternum first and then punched Mysterio and jawed him down. Theory tried to rip off Mysterio's mask at one point, but Mysterio fought out of it with a series of elbows. Mysterio then hit a pretty moonsault from the top and things started to kite quite even out. With the theory on the outside, Mysterio landed a sliding tornado DDT. The action got back into the ring, and Mysterio hit a springboard head scissor before going for a 619, but theory caught him that led uh, led to a spin-out powerbomb. Theory then went for his finisher, but Mysterio countered into a step-up in Ziguri. The two then hit dueling drop kicks as we went to... As they went both down. They both went down. Double-down spot, basically. Uh, the two then got to their feet. Theory started to beat down Mysterio, but Mysterio came back with a 619. Theory got his knees up and lifted Mysterio for an A-town down, but Mysterio rolled through and pinned him to pick up the victory. Kind of weird. Ray with another roll-up win, but yeah, to each their own. Ray picks up the win and retains the championship. He then celebrates with the LWO afterwards. Now, they were wearing PWO shirts in the style of the regular NWO. Was that... Pittsburgh World Order? Is that what it's supposed to be? I couldn't read it. Uh, Juan says, that was my least favorite pay-per-view of the Triple H era. Okay, I can see why you might think that. We go backstage. Becky Lynch was interviewed backstage when she was interrupted by Tiffany Stratton, who made reference to calling Becky a former NXT Women's Champion and then kind of trying to justify it. And Becky's like, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be worried about your title defense on Tuesday? Maybe maybe I'll see you then. So they're really building something up. Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton going forward. Then we had, in my opinion, the best match of the night. It was the Steel City Street Fight. It was Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens defending the titles against Judgment Day's Damian Priest and Finn Balor. And this match did not disappoint. This match was awesome. Fun, fantastic, great. It went 20 minutes and 45 seconds. And I loved every minute of it. And we got new champions. Plus Owens, that visual when he came up in the hockey gear and was bleeding. Holy crap. So early on in this match, Zayn went and grabbed some chairs, but Balor grabbed a kendo stick and a terrible towel that he stomped. Pissing off the people in Pittsburgh, including Corey Graves. That is like a no-no in Pittsburgh. You don't disrespect a terrible towel. Priest then joined the run. Joined in to run down and beat down Kevin Owens until Zayn landed a splash over the top onto both heels on the outside. Owens and Zayn grabbed trash cans and then beat the hell out of Priest and Balor. Owens then took off his shirt to reveal, hey, I'm wearing a Terry Funk shirt. Uh, They then put a garbage can over the top of Finn Balor and then started taking turns, beating them with a kendo stick. Priest finally came through and attacked Zayn and Owens with chairs. 
Balor regrouped and hopped on top of Zayn and Owens along with Priest. Owens ultimately fired up and hit Priest with, uh, hard with the chair. Balor then hit Owens with the chair. Zayn then hit Balor with the chair. Priest and Balor tried to leave through the crowd, but Zayn and Owens followed them, and the four fought into the crowd. Dominic would then show up and helped out Judgment Day. Judgment Day posed, and Zayn and Owens then popped up in Pittsburgh Penguins jerseys. Owens bleeding like crazy from the head. Dom then tried to take Owens' hockey stick, but Zayn and Owens threw down their gloves and pummeled them, or pummeled Don, after they had already taken out Finn and Damien. Zayn and Balor then got back to the ring, and there was a pile of chairs there. Zayn landed the blue thunderbomb on Balor on the pile of chairs and only got a two off of it, though. Priest then had a hockey stick, set up some chairs, and suplexed Zayn onto the chairs. Also, at one point, God dang Michael Cole said that they were wearing Steelers gear. And Corey Graves had to tell him, whoa, 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 Cole. That's football. This is hockey. Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm like, oh, my God, Michael freaking Cole saying they were wearing Steelers gear. You know, this guy don't watch other sports then. Anyways. Uh, Priest had a hockey stick, set up some chairs, and suplexed Zane onto the setup chairs. Priest then got a two out of it. And because Owens, well, he got a two out of it because Owens threw a chair at him to break it up. Action then spilled back outside, and Balor and Priest beat up Owens to the crowd. Zane finally showed up, and the four fought near the pre-show set. Zane stood on the pre-show table and landed a somersault senton onto Balor and Priest. Dom then tried to get back in the fold and got boots from Zane. Owens interrupted that and set up a table, kind of over a entrance area, next to an entrance area. He then put Dom on the table climbed through the crowd up to the top of the um, entrance area, jumped off, and hit a swanton bomb through the table, through Dominic. Boy, was this awesome looking. Back in the ring, Zane and Balor were going at it. Zane went for the haluva kick, but Priest threw a garbage can right at his head. Zane fired up and hit an exploder on Priest, and then Zane put Balor through a table on the outside. Zane went for a haluva kick, but Priest cut him off. Owens showed up at ringside and hit a uh, stunner on Priest. Zane then hit a haluva kick and went for the pin, but J.D. McDonough showed up and pulled Zane out of the ring. Owens then slammed J.D. onto the commentary table, and Rhea Ripley ran out as fast as she could at Kevin Owens, spearing him through the barricade at the timekeeper's area. Balor then landed a sling blade on Zane and went to the top rope, but Zane moved when he went for the coup de gras. Zane then landed an exploder and a haluva kick on Balor, but then Dom hit Zane with a Money in the Bank briefcase. Balor slowly and eventually rolled over onto Zane, and the referee counted one, two, three. We got new undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. Yes, Judgment Day. Damian Priest, Finn Balor, they are the new undisputed Tag Team Champions. So now... Judgment Day has the Undisputed Tag Titles, Money in the Bank, Women's World Championship, and the NXT North American Championship. They're all flanked with gold. And Mommy told them, you don't come back with those tag titles, things are going to be changing in Judgment Day. But also, they're really got to, as much as Damian may not want to, really got to thank JD. Because if JD didn't pull Zane off of um, uh, Finn at that one point, he would have lost. It was over. So then we have the Grayson Waller. 
This was a waste of time. We have the Grayson Waller effect. Waller at first insulted the city of Pittsburgh and then introduced Cody Rhodes. Cody did was about to do his, oh, what do you want to talk about? And Waller cut him off and said, yeah, they don't care what you want, what you want to talk about. We don't care what they want to talk about. Cody then went through all the pro wrestling talk show gimmicks and laid out how those types of shows usually go, including Waller and Rhodes fighting. But that's not going to happen today. He said, you familiar with Raw? Yeah? You familiar with NXT? He's like, yeah. Carmelo don't miss. Cody's like, I know Carmelo don't miss. He's like, you familiar with SmackDown? He's like, you watch SmackDown? He's like, well, yeah, I'm on SmackDown, so yeah. And then Cody Rhodes literally goes, so uh, yeah, I pulled some strings. And this, this man coming out here next is the newest member of the Monday Night Raw roster. It's main event, Jey Uso. Jey Uso makes his way out to the ring to a good, good big pop from the crowd. Cody leaves. Waller goes, you've been gone like two weeks. How is this a return? He then takes a super kick, and there we go. So, yeah, all of this for nothing. Just to say, hey, Cody, who has no power, he's not a freaking exec in this company. You're not an EVP, bud. Pulled some strings and got Jey Uso. Now, here's the weird thing, too, with all of this. So they announced two weeks ago that this segment was going to happen. Yet Cody goes, I saw something on SmackDown last night that I thought was that needed to be addressed. So that's why I asked for this time. What? You asked for this time because of something that happened last night? Yet this match or this segment was set up two weeks ago? Continuity. Not there. Anyways. Anyways. I don't know how Cody has the pool to move people. But he does. Jay's now on Raw. Cool. I really don't care. This is a waste of time if I'm going to say so. Then we have the women's world title match. Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez. And this match went, in my opinion, way, way, way past its expiration date as far as, like, how long it should have gone. This should have gone, like, nine and a half minutes, like that ta- uh, that U.S. title match. No, this match went 17 minutes and 20 seconds. Way longer than it had any right to go. Like, come on. This match wasn't even all that good. Which was very weird, but it was because of the story they were telling. Each woman just did power moves until they powered down the other, beat them down for a while, and then the other hulked back up, and yeah. So the two locked up early, and Rhea slapped Raquel before grabbing a side headlock. They went head-to-head and jaw-jacked. Raquel then landed a shoulder block, and Rhea rolled to the outside. Rhea got back into the ring, and Raquel hit another shoulder block. Ripley came back with a kick to the midsection on Raquel. Ripley then tried a series of clotheslines, but Raquel didn't move, and Raquel clotheslined Ripley to the mat. Raquel landed a body slam, but Ripley drop-kicked Raquel and went, went for the ground-and-pound. Ripley then worked over Raquel with some kicks and blows to Raquel's back. Rhea posed, and she was bleeding from the nose, which all of a sudden made her snap, and she just started on Raquel, and then she like wipes the blood, flicks it off. Man, Rhea looked like a monster. Ripley landed a snapmare and a kick to Raquel's back at one point. Ripley applied an abdominal stretch. Raquel then worked her way out of it and threw Ripley across the ring. Eventually, Ripley came back with a dropkick and a ton of hammer fist on Raquel's back. Rodriguez then fired up and landed a series of clotheslines before hitting a fallaway slam. 
Rodriguez then went for the sec went to the second rope, but Ripley cut off Raquel. Cut her off and kicked her in the uh, just a bunch. Raquel returned the favor and hit a delayed vertical suplex, and both women went down for just a little bit, like a double down spot. Raquel then hit a spinning corkscrew elbow from the second rope and got a two off of it. Ripley then landed a running knee and pinned Raquel. Tried to pin Raquel, but then only got a two. Ripley then went for the Riptide, but Raquel worked out of it and went for a powerbomb, but it didn't really work, and instead, Raquel hit a clothesline for a two. Raquel then ran Ripley into the corner and placed Ripley on the top turnbuckle. Raquel punched Ripley off, but Ripley came back and hit a chop block on Raquel. Ripley sank in a submission, but Raquel got out of it. The two then got to their feet and exchanged slaps. They then had a hockey fist fight as the crowd continued to be nearly silent as they were for most of this match. The accident spilled to the outside and the crowd still didn't care. Raquel then ran Ripley into the ring post and then awkwardly slammed Ripley into the barricade. Raquel again ran Ripley into the ring post, shoulder first. Dom came to ringside and found his way into the ring. Raquel then grabbed Dom and hit a power slam on him. From there, Ripley kicked Raquel's knee and kicked her in the head. She landed a riptide and pinned her to pick up the victory. So, yeah, Judgment Day had to get help in both matches. This match wasn't all that good. I was bored through most of it. So then we got John Cena in the back. John Cena's got like a sports coat on. He's got a bow tie on. He's like, welcome back to Payback. My special guests at this time are the new WWE Undisputed Tag Team Champions, the Judgment Day. And he basically just asked them about winning the tag titles. Cena asked them about their win and Priest said the Judgment Day. They're all on the same page. No problems here. Priest listed off all their titles. Cena, who was kind of kneeling in a funny way, inside baseball movement there, you know, kneeling down because the um, he's bigger than, and he's taller than Finn. So Vince has always had a thing where, hey, if you're taller than the talent, slouch to look shorter. And so Cena was kind of doing it. And then we finally see him stand up as Balor and Priest uh, end the segment. So let me go to our main event. That at times felt like the crowd didn't care. At times felt like, what the heck is going on? As far as like, I'll just say this match was really good. I thought this was a masterclass in storytelling, but it was missing something. Like if I were to rate this match, I'd go four and a half because I just don't think it's right there at five star, but it was almost there. And this crowd, I don't know what, but they just didn't get into a lot of it. But I thought this was a, for what it was supposed to be, a great storytelling. Like these two told a great story. Also speaking of story, cool Nakamura comic book style video for his entrance. Also, my question to you guys, who was, whose song got sang louder, Seth's or Nakamura? Because I think it may have been Nakamura. They literally sang his music so loud, and then as soon as Samantha Irvin was doing the ring announcing, they booed the crap out of him just as loud. But the two locked up early, and Rollins worked Nakamura's arm. Nakamura stepped up and tried to do like a little reset. The crowd had dueling chants. Nakamura rubbed Rollins back at one point, and yelled, ah, come on. Nakamura then kicked Rollins back, but Rollins came back with some chops and punches. Nakamura rolled to the outside, and Rollins followed us up with the tope suicida. 
back in the ring. Rollins went for a pedigree, but Nakamura landed a back body drop to take control. Nakamura then draped Rollins over the top rope, but Rollins moved after an exchange. Nakamura then rolled to the outside, and Rollins landed another tope. Nakamura was on, on the commentary table and lured Rollins in. Ultimately, Nakamura threw Rollins on top of the table, and Rollins landed awkwardly on his back. The two then finally returned to the ring, and Nakamura landed a knee to Rollins' midsection. Nakamura worked a camel clutch, and Nakamura then hit a backbreaker, and then landed a running knee to Rollins' head. Nakamura toyed with Rollins and worked a single crab. Rollins then kicked his way out of it. Nakamura went to the second rope, but Rollins cut him off with a series of chops. Rollins landed a Frankensteiner from the top, and things kind of slowed down at this point. The two got to their feet, and they traded some elbows. Rollins got the best of it and hit a clothesline and a sling blade to take down Nakamura. Rollins then hit a high, 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 high frog splash, one of the best frog splashes you've seen in a long time, but only got a 3.8 out of it. 3.8, 3.9. Rollins then tried to lift Nakamura, which hurt Rollins, and the sequence ended with Rollins landing a clothesline. Rollins then jawed at Nakamura while hitting, a, uh, hitting the back of his head. Rollins went for a stomp, but Nakamura moved. Nakamura hit a knee from the second rope for a two count. Nakamura slammed Rollins, and then Nakamura kicked Rollins' back, and then hit a rolling snap, a snap German suplex for a two. Nakamura landed an exploder and ran at Rollins, but Rollins countered with a super kick and got a two off of it. Rollins then hit a few strikes, but Nakamura rolled into an armbar. Rollins powered up and lifted Nakamura for a set-out powerbomb. That was just enough, though, to get Rollins a two count. The two then stood up together and went head-to-head. Rollins and Nakamura traded elbows. Rollins lifted, uh, Nakamura lifted Rollins, but Rollins worked out of it and hit an enziguri. Seth then went to the top, but Nakamura cut him off. Nakamura then hit an F5 for a sec from the second rope and got a near fall out of it. Nakamura then landed a Kinsasha, but Rollins couldn't get up. Nakamura kept kicking the hell out of Rollins, and Rollins eventually did get up and hit a pedigree. Rollins went for a stomp, and Nakamura cut him off. But it wasn't long before Rollins actually finally did get Nakamura down for a stomp. And then sort of kind of out of nowhere just pinned him and finished the match. It felt a little weird. Like they were told, right, time to go. Or something like that. And they just went straight to the finish. So the ending was kind of weird. But yeah. The show then ends with Rollins in the ring. Nakamura on the outside. And Rollins all super hurt. Can't get to his feet. His back is killing him. It's like, oh. Perfect cash-in moment, and then nothing. Joe just goes off the air. Like, I really thought Seth completely defeated. Can't get up. Barely won the match. Oh, my God, where's Damian Priest? But they didn't do it. They didn't do it. This would have been the perfect time because, again, they kept showing Seth on his hands and knees like he couldn't get up. And the way the camera was just right on Seth's face, like they didn't want to show you anything else because something was about to happen. Nothing. Nothing. Who knows when Damien's going to try and cash that thing in. But I thought it would have been a cool moment tonight. They win the tag titles, and then he wins the world title. And then he can be like, look, I'm the world champion and the tag team champion. I did what you couldn't do, Finn. Ooh, my bad. <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see whenever that happens. But... Overall, I would rate this a really good show because at least three of the six matches were fantastic. And then we had another good match and then a couple okay matches. With that, guys, remember, like I said, I will be taking your calls. If you do want to let me know what you thought about the show, 
You guys can call in to 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. I'm going to put that up on the screen right now. If you guys do want to call in, we can take your calls. We've got some time. Let's put this up on the screen right down here at the bottom. Why is this not wanting to go? Oh, give me one second. Mm, still not wanting to go for some reason. Try to put the number on the screen for you guys. Oh, I see why it's not wanting to go. Can you give me one second to fix it? There it goes. Now you guys should see it. There it is. So if you again, if you guys do want to call into the show, you can do so. Again at 510-906-1341. But while we wait for some calls, if we do get any calls, go check out the polls. Let's go over here, refresh all the polls. Boom, boom, boom. All right, so we got that poll, that poll, that poll. Why are they not refreshing? Come on, nothing wants to work right now. Boom, boom, here we go. Now we're good, now we're seeing it far as the Twitter poll does go. What? Oh, here we go. 77% uh, liked the show. 19% thought it was just all right. And 32 or 3.2% didn't like it. Looking at the YouTube community poll. 80% liked the show. 17% thought it was just all right. And 4% did not like it. Reading some of the comments here. Person says, good show. Wish some of the matches had some build. 7 out of 10. Person says, all the talent and gray matches we saw tonight. I don't know what he means by gray matches. Person says, loved it. The person said, good show. This person says, it felt like a Monday Night Raw. I can see that comment. I can see that. This is better than All Out. How do you know? We haven't seen All Out yet, dummy. Uh, person says, crowd was dead for the main event. Yeah, which is really weird because that match was really good. But I think it was because of the slow building pace of that match and the storytelling didn't really call for a lot of like, oh, ah, ooh, oh, spots from the crowd. This says 9 out of 10. This says 8 out of 10. If we look at some of the YouTube live poll, 74% liked the show, 32% thought it was just all right, and 3% didn't like it. Looking over here at the Twitch poll, 100% liked the show. Um, got no calls, but we do have a couple text messages. This person says, who do you think will be the one to dethrone Seth Rollins? Now, that's a tough question. I keep getting asked that, and I don't know. I really don't know who can be the one to de dethrone Seth. That's a very, very hard question. If we think about it, and if we look at it, I don't know. Like, um... Maybe Priest when he cashes in eventually. I think that's the only thing I can think of. And then this person says, "Okay, I'm, well, let me read this first because it's just a rumored thing." 
Okay, I don't have an answer for this. 945 is your area code, 945. I'm not going to read your whole phone number, but you know who you are. Um, I haven't heard that about a specific area getting a major pay-per-view. Give me one second, and I can look into it really, really, really quickly. Uh, Magmillor says Drew, saying Drew should be the one to take the title off of him. Maybe. Maybe. Um... Yeah, I'm. I don't see or hear or have. I don't see or have heard anything about that nine four five. So I don't. I can't confirm nor deny because I haven't even heard the quote unquote rumor. But with that, guys, looks like we don't have any calls coming in. So I'm gonna say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, or if you're listening on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more remember we will be back live tomorrow night following aew all out which did just tonight add brian danielson who is back from injury against ricky starks in a strap match so that should be interesting and everything else we know for that show so with that guys have a great rest of your saturday i'll see you tomorrow for aew have a good one guys